Hello and welcome to the Wellbeing Wanderer podcast. I'm your host, Kat Burdett, wellbeing coach, eternal nomad, and self-love enthusiast. Come join me on a journey as I deep dive into what it really takes to achieve that happy, content state of being. The goal of this show is to bring you those feel-good vibes, expand your learning, and encourage your own personal growth so that you can discover what well-being means for you. I'll be exploring every and any genre, including health, mindset, spirituality, and much more. So get ready for a juicy, mind-opening, raw, and real experience when no topic is off limits. I hope this helps you to feel good. Hello everybody, welcome back to the Wellbeing Wanderer podcast. I have another incredible, incredible guest for you today. My goodness, me and this beautiful lady just had the most incredible conversation and what you don't know is that we actually spoke for, I think it was like 45 minutes before we even did the episode. You know, there are some people you just click with and Janessa is one of them. So I want to introduce you to the amazing Janessa Tolman, who is a holistic healing practitioner and intuitive astrologer. But she is so much more than that, as you are going to hear. And what she does is she helps women navigate their spiritual awareness and self-healing journey. She teaches them to embody the essence of who they really are through understanding and loving their cosmic design by learning about their astrological birth charts as a map to healing and embodiment of the soul. Now, she believes that we are all primarily energetic beings and that our physical bodies and minds hurt and suffer as a result of being disconnected from and dishonoring our cosmic DNA. This conversation deep dives into the metaphysical world. It gets very woo in places too. She shares a lot about her spiritual experiences and her psychic abilities, and it is really going to blow your mind. I absolutely loved, loved, loved this conversation, as I have already said. So without further ado, here is the beautiful, knowledgeable queen, Janessa Talman. Hello, Janessa, and welcome to the Wellbeing Wanderer podcast. I couldn't be more delighted to have you here today because I feel that our missions are so similar. So thank you so much for being a part of the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. I'm so excited too. And for those people listening, Janessa and I just had a really lovely conversation and I was just saying I could have just gone off and spoken to her for like an hour about what we were talking about. Um, but we were like, no, it's time to do the interview. <laughs> um, so for everyone listening, um, I'd love for you to just explain a little bit about who you are and give a brief overview of what you do and share what your mission is. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you so much for the opportunity. And you are not wrong. Um, one of the really <laughs> cool things about being able to connect with people um, is literally that connecting with people and having such amazing conversations. And then sometimes we remember to hit record and share them. <laughs> <laughs> it's the best. I love it. Sometimes I I just sit around and I'm like, is this really my life? Like as hard as it is some days, like, is this what I get to do? need like that is so cool so I'm actually an intuitive astrologer and I'm a holistic healing practitioner and those titles are literally just the easiest way that I could kind of describe at a glance what it is that I do um, I do a lot more than that um, 
you can sort of think of my overall work that I do as a mix of like therapy, counseling, energy healing, astrological and psychic mediumship reading, all under the umbrella of like what a life coach would sort of do. So it's a big mix of all of this. And the work that I do is, in a nutshell, the best way I can really describe it is working on the physical, the mental, the spiritual, the detoxing, the cleansing, and the reprogramming process. And then I just have all these different um, availabilities for people to choose from based on whatever kind of support they need. So there's absolutely no easy way for me to just to, to describe what I do. Um, I bear with me while I fumble over my words for a moment, simply because I've I've come a really long way in what I do, and I don't know how far back I want to take you, but to just set you up a little bit to sort of understand why I have this mission. You know, I didn't wake up one day. It's not like I woke up and had like a message from God or anything like that, where this is what I had to do. Um, But I've been self-employed in the nutritional coaching world for coming up on eight years. And I was introduced to the world of manifestation and the law of attraction and, you know, like creating the life that you want, like creating your reality with your mindset, like that kind of thing. I was introduced to that a couple of years into my um, online nutritional coaching business that I was building. So that was about five years ago. And when I was introduced to that, it was, of course, like much more materialistic in nature. It was about, you know, manifesting clients, creating that $100,000 a year, creating a business on autopilot. And it really was all focused around money. And it, w- it was great because, you know, we all need to be introduced to the world of energetics and the power of our mind and the power of our thoughts and our emotions. We all need to be introduced to that, um, you know, however it works for us. Like the, the universe speaks to us in the language that we can understand at any moment, right? And I was so wrapped up in the success and hustle culture that that was the way that I was going to be able to understand this world. So it was all through manifesting abundance. And I, for the most part, like very successfully, like a very good student, um, followed all the steps, followed all the people, you know, signed up for courses, did like weekend retreats and did all the things. And of course, started to like manifest things in my life and things really did show up. But a couple of years into that, it was like, all of this stuff is showing up, but like, I don't feel any better, you know, like, I don't, I still don't feel that sense of relief or peace. I still feel that haste, that need for hustle, that like, that unquenchable thirst to like, do more, be more, prove who I am. And it it still felt like I was really um, like handcuffed in some ways. And I couldn't figure it out and was like, this is really weird. Um, And then of course, like through that, pursuit of sort of just being like, what am I missing here? Like what's going on? Um, my interest in just manifestation in general started to like dissolve a little bit. And 
you know, the universe sort of handed me up my next set of breadcrumbs to follow where it was like, oh, follow this person on Instagram and like, oh, here's an advertisement for this thing. And I was then sort of introduced to more of the like feminine, like the yin, the more like allowable part of the whole manifestation world where it really is about just getting in alignment with who you are and, you know, building a life that is, um, you know, mirrors your authenticity and not hustling and just allowing things to play out and stuff. So, you know, my approach became a lot more softer and I noticed um, certain things within me changing. Um, but I was still in the nutritional space, which was, you know, food, diet, health, weight loss. And there was there was a lot of tension in that world, like even though I loved working with the clients there, um, it wasn't the most positive experience because a lot of those people were just very negatively charged individuals and working with them. And at the time, I didn't have the tools to be able to help them change their vibration, right? But I was sort of on the receiving end of all of this, like, really volatile vibrational energy. What ended up happening was I, like, I sort of got sick and not, like, with any particular diagnosis or anything. Um, I was, you know, on one hand, like, like, super healthy, but on the other hand, had this, like, mystery illness that couldn't be, couldn't be found on a test, couldn't be... Like there was no rhyme or reason for it and they couldn't find it. And it eventually sort of just got lumped into this like autoimmune disease category where they're like, we don't know which one. It's probably any one of these, but, you know, just assume that this is how you're going to feel. It's probably going to deteriorate. And there wasn't a whole lot of help and was like, this is just messed up. Like, this is so weird. So like long story short, because there's a lot more that sort of happens between that and where I am now. Um, but I, in the person, sort of like when I realized that like I was, um, I was kind of left behind, like the modern medical system, like when, if they couldn't give me answers, um, then I was going to have to go find them myself. And I then set out on that next journey to basically heal myself. And then the bodies of work that I came across, um, you know, it wasn't with nutrition. It wasn't with medication. It wasn't your standard, like just meditate and work out and things like that. It was with the the idea in mind that like your body is always just a representation of the energetic field that you're resonating in and like creating within you and that your emotions and your thoughts and your belief systems and the thoughts that you think over and over and over again are actually telling yourselves to mirror the emotional response that is attached to a particular frequency. And I came into that body of work and was like, wow, like how would, how did I not know this kind of thing? Like this is the missing piece. And then I sort of recognized like, that's why, that's why my clients were so, that's why they were struggling so much kind of thing. So with those realizations, I just went on this like self, this like what I call is like a soulful self-discovery journey where I was like, everything I thought I knew is, is wrong. It like, it now felt wrong. It was like, now that I have these truths, I can't go back to like looking at life the way I did, talking about things the way I did, coaching the way I did, eating the way I did, thinking the way I did, like all those things. I was like, I don't even know what's true anymore. 
And I just went on this soulful self-discovery where like nothing was off limits. Like if something came into my awareness, no matter how weird it seemed, I was like, for a moment, I'm going to allow myself to believe this and see what happens. And being like really open to just believing all of what I, you know, perceived as like just crazy ideas kind of thing. Um, as I allowed all of that, I just got better. I just started getting better and better. And these symptoms started to go away. And I, it wasn't even anything really strategic where I, you know, spent time every day being like, okay, I'm healing myself of this. It was literally like, okay, for once, I'm just going to admit that I know nothing. And that all these things out there that I've perceived as crazy, maybe they are true. And I started just allowing myself to to just adopt all of these different spiritual ideas and just be like, yes, yes, of course. And in that process, I was like, I don't know, I I got better for like no rhyme or reason other than the fact that I was like, okay, I'm just going to open myself up to the universe and allow all of these like super obscure ideas to come into my life. And then what I did with that was I, I pretty well just decided you know, like, that's what I want to do for other people. I want to bring these ideas to them that helps them open up their mind, open their heart, allow their energy to receive the information, and see if their allowance of their soulful self-discovery will create the same change within them. And it did, it started happening. And then there was like the second sort of phase of that where then I just fell in love with the whole world and was like, okay, so which one of these messages, like really, like which ones of these really, really sound the best and feel the best to me. And then I sort of started to get a little bit more specific. Um, I became an astrologer, a quantum energy and Reiki healer. I did a full spiritual therapist program um, and became like a soul care provider. And I just sort of went down that path of actually, you know, creating some labels and some designations for myself so that um, people who were looking for help knew how to find me sort of based on those. And that's what I've been doing for the better part of the last year and a half now is I've been fully spiritual therapist and intuitive astrologer. And that's what encompasses kind of like all of these things. So I know that's like a really long winded story for who you are and what do you do and who do you help? But there's no short way to describe it because there's no, there's no label out there that it doesn't exist yet, you know, and I don't know what it's called. So I've, I've reduced it to spiritual therapist, but I don't know what it's called. That's what I do. I help people who need soul care, you know? Yeah. Wow. It sounds just like, you know, there's no label. The label is it's your journey and Mm -hmm. your journey created this, these ideas, these beliefs, and it could only have come from you and it could only have come from you experiencing those particular things. And I want to just circle back to what you were saying. You said that you had some like strange things happened. You said, I think you used the word ideas um but can you give some examples of of what was happening to you that made you feel so spiritually connected oh that's a good question um so one of the things 
and I'm not sure if this is very specific to your question, but this is what's popping in my head. Um, one of the things with the original way of manifesting that I had originally found early on in entrepreneurship, um, it was still very structural. It was like, you know, set your goals, say your affirmations, write in your journal, write it out, make your vision board, look at it every day. And there was an element of meditation in there. And I always sort of just chose to leave meditation out. And it was because it always felt like it didn't work for me or of all the things I had to do in a day, it was like sitting down to do nothing seemed like the most unproductive thing. And I was getting the results and I, you know, I just, I completely dismissed it. And one of the first things in the more like spiritually led programs, or I think it might've even just been like a free group on Instagram or a free group on Facebook or something like that, uh, where it was like a meditation challenge. And I was like, I'm not really into that, but something was like, no, like do that. Like you've never done that. It's like the thing you've never done, like go do that. And I was like, okay. And on one hand, I, you know, like I totally understood the value of it. Like, of course, sitting down and being mindful and just connecting with yourself is going to be important, but it's almost like I felt like I was above it. Like I didn't need it because like I was actually really good at just intellectualizing all of my self-creation. Um, but something in me said like, no, like you need to do that. And I was like, okay, I'm going to do this. And it was a group meditation and it was super weird. Um, you know, I've got this like really weird social anxiety thing where I'm like, if we're all doing weird stuff together, I feel like I'm like, how is no one else thinking that this is weird? And like, I can't calm my mind down in a group setting kind of thing. And that's kind of what it was like at first. And I somehow for the first time ever was able to quiet my mind enough to actually meditate with the group. And it was so weird. And even though I was like, this is the weirdest thing I've ever done. And I wanted to turn my camera off because like it was online. I wanted to turn my camera off. I was like, I don't know what, it, like it just felt so vulnerable, but also violating. And also like, oh my God, I hope no one I know was actually here. Like, I don't want anyone to think that like, you know, I get quiet with people online, like how weird kind of thing. And in that meditation, um, I would say that that is the first initial moment that my like actual psychic abilities came online. And in that moment, I also had like a lifetime of memories come back to me that I had completely forgot about from my childhood. Wow. And so like that is probably the most profound example of something where like it was a weird idea and you know, like the concept of it in itself, I thought was weird, like this idea of meditating as a group, very weird. But also the ideas that I had kind of leading up to it, like I, I can't even think of exactly what happened, but I remember the resistance that I had, but the like lack of logistical reasoning, but I couldn't talk myself out of it, which was really weird for me. Like I can always justify and talk myself out of something. And that was really strange. And I just had this idea that I like I needed to join this group and I needed to do this meditation, even though it was probably the most uncomfortable thing I had done so far in my personal development. And it really was like the gateway for me into spirituality. And after that meditation, like I woke up and like I saw the world differently. And when I say I saw the world differently, like 
I actually began to see things that were actually not visible in this world, like on the other side kind of thing. And it like, it, it was very, yeah, it was very strange. And that was like the, I would say that was the first thing where I was like, okay, wow. Now I have, now I have to explore all of these other ideas, you know, like, like nothing's off limits. Wow. Can I ask, can you, are you able to share some of the things that you saw? Yeah, well, it started off really um, sporadic and kind of weird, but it's funny when someone asks you to give you an example, you're like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> but on any given day when no one when no one expects an answer, you just that you have all these memories, right? <laughs> um, so I remember there was a girl who was actually uh, one of the she was one of the like salespeople on the like network marketing company team that I had also been building like on the side kind of thing. And I didn't know her very well, but we were like acquaintances enough that we had like an online, like just in messenger chat going on. That was, um, it was our only line of communication and it was pretty sporadic and it's not like we had a relationship by any means. Um, but I was, talking to her in messenger I think just like answering a simple question for her and I felt this weird like someone that feeling like that sense that someone's watching you and I was like weird and I got startled and like full body goosebumps and I looked up and there was like an image but not like projected out there in the room it was like um it was like it was in my mind and in my eye there was an image of a person. So if you think of like just a photograph and then if you just like held up a tiny smaller image in front of your eye and kind of like let your eyes, you know, unfocus, it could look like this little thing is actually in the room if you did that. And I had this happen to me all of a sudden. And it was this lady that like I didn't know and I didn't recognize. And it was just a split second. And she just like looked at me and make, made eye contact and nodded her head and sort of gestured to the phone and was like that. And I was like, what? And I like looked down at my phone and looked up and that image was gone. And for some reason, I was sort of like heard, but like knew at the same time, like that person wanted me to, and I, this is where it gets really weird. And like that person wanted me to say hi to the person I'm talking to weird. And like literally just total stranger. And I was like, I, and this is the very strange thing. I don't even know where this information came from. Like, I don't even know how I thought of asking what I asked next. It was like, it just came through. And I was like, have you recently lost someone? And she was like, yeah, my grandma just died. I was like, did she have short hair? And I like described the woman and she was like, yeah. And I was like, what was her name? I think it was Nancy. Yeah, it was Nancy. And she was, and I just like typed like, Nancy says hi. And she wants you to know she's really proud of you. And she was like, Oh, my God, what? Like, how did you even know her name? And I was like, I don't know. And it was weird. It was like, I like snapped back into it. And I was like, Oh, my God. And then like, I panicked and was like, Oh, my God, I'm so sorry. I stepped out of line. I shouldn't have said anything like that. And like started backtrack because I like freaked myself out. Um, But that was like the, I think that was like the first thing that was really like okay I'm either going crazy or like 
you know, I have no idea what's going on. And then little things like that started to happen where sometimes I would just get an image of something where I would see it. Uh, sometimes it would only just be the information with like no visuals and stuff like that. So it was really, it was kind of outside of my control, but things started happening like that. And then also, um, just moving through life and stuff. I could walk in a room and just, there's a split second where I'd be like, I would just notice that there was like an energy or a figure there. And as soon as I stopped and noticed, it was like, it gave me a second to see it and it would go away. And like just really, really glitchy things. Um, but then I started to recognize that I, I was just, I was being shown things from the other side, but when my awareness of it kicked in and my ego sort of took over, it would disappear. Wow. It was very strange. Wow. That's incredible. I was just like listening to you. My eyes are watering. (laughs) I'm just like, wow. Um, full body chills as well. You know, I'm just, I just put out an episode actually that was, um, very vulnerable for me to put out and I kind of realized I have the ability to channel and I've been doing it all my life but I didn't know that I was doing it and you can probably relate to this and it's it's very hard for people that have not had glimpses of of seeing the world this way or experiences like this to really understand but you you literally like it's it's when you start opening your mind it's like you can see more and exactly what happened to you and it's funny actually the past sort of couple of weeks i've completely there's been nothing nothing at all and usually i have i have lights like go off and on on me and rhythms you know and i i can feel things but i've i haven't sent i can sense things i haven't seen things and I sometimes just know things about people. Like I've pretty yeah. much read people's minds before and they'd be like, they're literally like, what the, f- what? <laughs> yeah. So it's sort of, it's opening up to that world. So firstly, thank you for sharing that because it's it's refreshing, I think, for me to hear that. And obviously everyone listening, just to confirm that I'm not the only one out there, you know, <laughs> that, that experiences this. And um yeah, I think it is that case. It's like when you say when you're more when you're more open to it. Um, and, and what the other thing I wanted to pick up on is the fact that you were saying it's so interesting to me how you were resisting the meditation. Like, I don't want to do that meditation. Yeah. And, you know, and you found it hard and you found it challenging. And it's always like an uncomfortable. And, and we say, you know, this is where our biggest transformation happens in yeah. the discomfort. And that's yeah. why I'm always telling people to get out of your comfort zone. The thing that you fear the most, the thing that makes you feel the most uncomfortable, bloody do it. Because what's through, what's on the other side of that is something that you couldn't yeah. even imagine. And, yeah. and look what that opened up for you, that it unlocked a door into this whole new world for you. I, know. I just think that's You know, this. You know the saying where they're like, everything you've ever wanted is on the other side of your comfort zone? Yeah. On one hand, that's true. But on the other hand, it's not because everything you didn't even know was meant for you is what's actually on the other side of your comfort zone. And sometimes what happens is people will, they'll allow themselves to push the boundaries of comfort and they will get out of their comfort zone and they'll go do that thing. But they have this very specific idea in mind because they were told that the things that I want from like an egoic perspective, the things I want are on the other side of this comfort zone and they break through that comfort zone and they start doing these things, but they're not getting the things they want. 
And it might even seem like there are things that are starting to go against them. And it's because they're not open to this idea of the possibility that they might not have even known what they wanted the whole time. So it's like everything that was meant for you is laying over there. So when you get out of your comfort zone and you ha- and you go do those things, you can't be attached to an idea of what you want it to look like yeah. because you don't know what it's going to look like over there. But yeah. as soon as you do that and you, when you, and I know there's lots of different ways to describe it in religions. It's like, you know, they say like giving it up to God and things like that, or like just trusting in the universe. But really, like when you go into a situation like that and you're like, I have no expectations, I'm just going to do this thing because it feels like it's the most challenging. And then you allow whatever it is to unfold. It's literally like that is the most clear, direct path to like, this is what you're meant to do. When you have no resistance to it, you're like your path literally lights up. Yeah. But if you're expecting something and you're looking for signs of something so very specific, you can't see that when it lights up. So the universe will do what it does, which is like, oh, we got to get louder. She's not listening. And yeah. it, it'll just start shaking things up. And a lot of people can confuse that for like, oh, I tried that. It wasn't meant for me. You know? Yeah, that's a that's a really, really good point to bring that up. And you also made me think that, like for me, with my spiritual awakening, I didn't even know that was an option. Um, And it was kind of not forced upon me, but I didn't have a choice. Mine actually happened in a meditation uh, similar to you. Um, And that's when things really started to change. But I had I was becoming very open minded and I was doing a lot of reading and I was very like, oh, wondering about a lot of things, you know. Um, hence the name of the show. Um, <laughs> yeah. And um, well, that's wandering, but yeah, same thing though, wandering and wondering. Um, and yeah, and and so that's that was what was so beautiful about it. It's like I didn't even know that existed. So I think sometimes the universe will push you into a place. Um, and actually, I have COVID to thank for that because it put me in a place where I couldn't leave. I had to be on my own. And I ended up just doing this this work this meditation and you know that's where things change so yeah I think sometimes it 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 is a quite a case of like you say you you're trying to almost force it because you think this is what you're going to get but it's kind of always almost quite beautiful when it just happens naturally and you don't it's almost never what you expect oh that is so true that is so true oh my goodness yeah yeah I know I could just list off so many things. I know. And it'll it'll have remnants of what you expect. Like it's never, it's not always completely absurd and different. Um, but our it's it's funny when you think about it like that because it's our expectations that limit us so significantly. Yeah. It, it, it is crazy. So, you know, you can have an idea in mind of where you want to go and you can, you know, plot out your most logical way of getting there. But don't hold yourself to these milestones and these markers as the indicator for success or being in the right thing or, you know, like on the right path and stuff. It's when we actually absolve our expectation that the full scope of what we're actually capable of and the full scope of what is really aligning for us comes into our awareness. So you say about not holding on too tightly to those goals or the idea of how it's going to be so how have you been able to 
navigate the breadcrumbs in your life like what what made you kind of understand that this direction would be the the best direction for you I don't want to say the right one but the best direction for you and as opposed to a different direction that you could have taken like how did you know intuitively which was the best to one? be totally honest um so I never really saw myself as like an intuitive person but I think it's because I didn't understand what intuition was. And I probably had this idea in mind of what it would look like. And because I couldn't say that I'd ever experienced that, I just thought that it was something that I didn't have about me. But knowing what I know now about how unique everyone's own intuition is, looking back, I always followed my intuition. And for me, like you said, for me, it was kind of like, it wasn't even an option. Like it's a non-negotiable. It's like when I get something in my head and I just need to do this, I don't question it. And I think what I've recognized sort of in hindsight and after the fact is if I'm questioning something and I'm trying to reason with it and I'm trying to look at the pros and cons and things like that, it's not actually on my path. Like that's something that I'm like, forcing or creating out of um, like out of a state of like lack or haste or just frustration Um, because anything that was literally laid out there for me that it was like this led to this and this led to this and this led to this and it it worked out I didn't even stop to think about it I just did those things so in the moment I wasn't really recognizing that but you know call it a gift or a curse. But like when I get something in my head and I want to do something, no one can stop me. Like, like to the point where, you know, if my husband was like, I don't think this is a good idea. I'd be like, well, I'm doing this and there's the door. So make your choice. Like it's, it just, there's no other option for me. So when my intuition kind of comes online, it doesn't even seem or feel like intuition because it is the most obvious thing that no one could ever talk me out of. And I'm doing this regardless, where anything else that sort of doesn't fall under the category of like following my intuition to do it, or like it's the universe putting it in my path. There's a lot of other things that come into that. I'll actually pause and think about it. I'll actually ask my husband's opinion, Um, like things like that, where I, and I know not everyone has the, that same type of intuitive guidance, um, which it makes it difficult to sort of, you know, share with other people like what their intuition might sound like for them, which is why intuition development and just spiritual practices in general are really good because you're the only one who's going to figure out what your intuition actually sounds like and what it looks like for you. Um, but when I, yeah, for me, recognizing those breadcrumbs are always in hindsight. I, I've never, even now, even with like the broader perspective that I have, even with the ability to just allow the universe, um, I don't get super obvious signs where I'm like, oh, there it is. I got to follow this. It's it's literally like that information was just already in my head. It's fact. It's knowledge. There's no other option. And I'm not even aware of this particular idea or belief that I have. Mm, yeah. Mm. My goodness. 
I feel exactly the same, actually. With me, it's like it's just ingrained within me. And it's like, like you say, you don't overanalyze. You just know. Like, it's this knowing certainty. And you don't want to question it. And I think that also gives you a good clue as to if so, if you are questioning something, then that's probably not the best path for you. Um, so I was just thinking, though, there's also this concept of um, like, it doesn't matter what path that you take. Yeah. You're always going to get to the place you're supposed to get because you're you're taking the harder path if you like as an example let's just say the harder path <laughs> but you're taking that one because you have some lessons to learn along the way to help you evolve yeah. into the person you're supposed to be exactly um, there's actually no wrong there's no wrong choice or decision that you can make as long as you are aware of how the universe works and yeah. like even from a soul's perspective on like a incarnation perspective. Yes. Like I fully believe that we have soul contracts. In fact, the bigger part of my work with my actual coaching with like the astrological therapy at the core of it is using what I call your cosmic contract to figure out like all of the potential that you have in this life based on your cosmic DNA that's imprinted in you. And the cosmic contract basically it it's not one contract it's not like by the state you do this and you run into these people and here's what they offer you it's your contract is really like here's the overall goal here's the lessons that you're still working through you know some people call it karma some people call it lessons but basically it's like you know you've been here before and you've had all these experiences and you've done some things that were good. You've done some things that were bad. We love you regardless, but you're going to go back and you got to try and balance this out, you know, like pursue the things that you didn't get to do last time, be a different person than you were last time so that you don't affect the people the same way. And it's kind of, it is a lot more loosey goosey than some of the spiritual community will say. And again, maybe this is my own personal opinion or my own personal perception of this so take it with a grain of salt if you don't agree but it's this like here's option a like this is your highest possible potential in this lifetime if you don't allow conditioning and if you're totally in alignment and you listen to us like we're going to guide you there we're going to get you there really fast here's your best possible potential very rarely will people ever just do that without taking the roundabout hard way and then what ends up happening is you've also kind of agreed to like, okay, well, when that doesn't work, we're going to try this. And when that doesn't work, we're going to do this. And then there's like option A all the way through the alphabet, you know, four or five times. And there's always, always at your fingertips, a next possible route that kind of steers you back towards that best possible outcome. So when you're looking at it from like, a, I don't know what to do. I, you know, I'm not, not sure which decision to make what's best for me. Am I on my path? Like that kind of thing. Like you're actually always on your path. You always are. If you are really far down your list of options, chances are you've been disconnected from the greater part of yourself for a longer period of time. Mm. And in your process of reconnecting with yourself, your soul contract 
starts to de- starts to deliver you um, the better options that are better suited for you, that will feel easier, that you'll prefer, that are actually moving you towards that best possible outcome. But you're never not on your path because even even when you're in a situation where you feel like you're so far from what you really thought you were meant to do, you're not far from it at all. You just took a couple of detours and it's really easy to get from where you are, like, you know, to like jump ahead in the race, so to speak, by just recognizing in any given moment that you are out of alignment and then you just get back into alignment and you can make any decision and choice. And I think what ends up happening for people is they're so afraid to make choices because they think that there is there's this binary option for them. It's I don't know what to do. Do I do this or do I do that? Actually, you can do this and then you can quit this and then you can do that. And then you can also just move on to something else and you can do this. And it like it's this little pond hop thing that sort of gets you back on your path. And that's where people hold them in that holding pattern of really being stuck at the bottom of their ideal life contract list of options sort of thing is because they think they hold on to this idea like they they really have only one decision to make so they've really got to you know do the mental work and they've got to weigh all their options and when they make this choice they're going to have to stick to it and it really confines them to being stuck with those options that they really don't want and when you look at it like that it's like okay my cosmic contract said that I could do any of these things and they're all going to get me here and here's an inventory list of all of my special gifts and my special tools and if I'm not accessing them and using them then this roadmap is going to be really hard because it's like you set out on this journey and you don't have the equipment and you don't have the tools so when when I talk to people about that like how do you know what to choose like when is your intuition coming online and stuff like that like you know Sometimes it's really loud. Sometimes it's not. Sometimes you get these massive waves of insight and you know exactly what to do. And sometimes you feel like you're lost and you just want someone else to make up these decisions for you. And the like, literally, it sounds kind of dismissive a little bit, but in any given moment, like just recognizing that like none of this matters is actually the fastest way to getting you back onto the path that was laid out for you as like your best possible potential because when you realize that you actually have unlimited options you recognize that literally nothing matters like you can actually quit your job today without worrying about bills because you can just go get a different job tomorrow you might meet someone at that job who introduces you to this thing where you immediately come into the knowledge of it and you go oh my god this is the thing I've been looking for like you never know how your expectations and your um like the way that you I don't know what like what's the word for that like where you are just controlling what you do without allowing it there's a word for it I can't think of it right now um um (laughs) right expectations no I don't know sometimes I can talk about really amazing intricate things and then sometimes basic English eludes me so yeah me too yeah, but but really recognizing like none of this matters. You have unlimited options. And when you approach it like that, just go with the option that feels the best. Because no matter what, everybody's intuition just feels good. Yeah. No, 100%. it doesn't matter what it sounds like. 
Yeah, that's right. And and I think people have lost touch with that. And I think society is a big reason to blame for that and why, um, I mean, you may agree with me on this, a lot of people are so unhappy and quite dis because they're disconnected from this side of themselves and they're trying to yeah. follow these rules, these societal rules, um, thinking that they're doing um, the right thing and then not understanding why they're so unhappy. And it's because the universe is bigger than our society. <laughs> and this is this is what people need to need to realize. And this is what I needed to realize. And actually, I woke up to that fact. And I no longer felt trapped, I felt free. And yeah. it was because I stopped trying to put myself in a freaking box. It's like, there's a whole box beyond your box <laughs> that you don't know about. And yeah. If if you can if you can think of it like that, you know, it makes you realize, like you say, anything's possible. And the other thing, it's this whole concept of understanding when you can actually reach that place of, I guess it happened for me in meditation, where you kind of you feel separate from your body and you kind of realize that there is the nothingness. You come down to the nothingness. Mm -hmm. And in that it gives you everything because you realize that you are part of of everything of that void of that blackness of that nothingness and you can you can you are a part of that therefore you can be create yourself from that place and i don't know i'm not explaining it very well but hopefully you understand what i mean <laughs> and it it just brings you back to that um that inner clarity yeah um the dissolution of space and time in that moment of meditation and on the like on the topic of meditation too i also really think that there's um i don't know the best way to describe it it's almost like there's a little bit of a trap going on where similar to intuition where like it looks different for everybody meditation is really different for each person who practices it, but not just that. The expectation of what meditation is, is a really big, um, it's a really big talking point in the communities of these like really well-meaning and also like really amazing people who are, you know, leading their own respective networks of teaching meditation and talking about it and sharing about it and you know, even the people who are putting these meditations together, whether it's like just a guided recording or hosting these group healings and whatever type of meditation it is. What I've sort of noticed is that even though they mean really well, there is a lot of regurgitation happening where it's the same information that's sort of being said by lots of different people. And I don't know that there is... um the full depth of what meditation actually is, isn't being talked about enough, I don't think. And mm. meditation, like the expectation that's sort of being, uh, how it's being positioned or how it's being marketed, I guess marketed is the word, like the way that people are marketing meditation is that the goal is, you know, you want to quiet your mind and you basically want to stop all thought and you want to get to that place of like, I'm not physical, I'm not non-physical, but I'm void of thought and you want to quiet your mind and it's in that space 
of complete silence and you just exist that the meditation then brings to you its benefits. And that's not actually accurate. Mm -hmm. For some people in a particular meditation, they might be able to achieve that state. But that is not where the majority of people are experiencing the majority of their meditative insight or their meditative bliss. And and I know that's like a blanket statement because I like I never want somebody to listen and be like, but you know, I teach meditation and I don't do that. Um, like of course there's you know, it's a big industry, it's nuanced, there's a lot of people in it. So if that isn't you, please don't take offense to that. I know that I'm putting like a label on a very large and vast group of people for the sake of a quick conversation. Um, but I think majority of people who are teaching and marketing their meditation services are forgetting to bring in the fact or like forgetting to bring in the parts of meditation where it's not about quieting your mind. It's actually about observing what is going on in your mind. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people are so much more intuitive and psychic than they even know because they don't recognize that their psychic abilities and their intuitive gifts are actually coming through in the form of the thoughts that they're having. And in this pursuit of mindfulness and meditation, they're ignoring and shutting off their intuition because they think that they're supposed to not have thought in order to be meditating. But when you are deliberately meditating, which is you're putting yourself in a state of complete safety and present awareness and you're able to observe your thoughts as they come but not have an emotional reaction to them that's what meditation is it's when you can detach yourself physiologically from the thoughts that are happening inside of your mind and for me my intuition and my psychic gifts are actually they're majority in my head i see things in my vi like visions in my mind's eye and i hear things and i don't hear them as someone else's voice from outside of me it's my voice mm. amplified in a different tone and in a, like it's delivered differently than I would speak here but it's in my own voice but they're ju they're just thoughts it's it's my imagination is what's happening and for a very long time I thought I couldn't meditate because I couldn't quiet that part of my mind and I got frustrated and I wrote it off as it wasn't for me Turns out that is exactly how I get my psychic information. Wow. And I think that that's just really important. And I know that's not where we were going, but that's where I wanted to go with that. <laughs> oh, it sounds like um, that you that message really needed to come through. And again, as someone who has psychic abilities, um, I would say that somebody listening to this right now really needed to hear that. Yeah. And if you are listening to this and you're like, oh my gosh, that happens to me. And like, you don't know what it is. Um, and again, I know that you have lots of different ways that you share this information with your listeners and your audience and the people who are following you and stuff. So I'm sure they've learned this from you, but I always feel like I need to say it because I didn't know any of this. But when you have that knowingness, and you think that you're just creating things in your mind and it's your imagination, but when you actually verbalize it and you say it, it's true. That's called claircognizance. And it's an actual clair. 
it's a clairsense in this group of clairsenses that sort of encompass this range of psychic abilities. And I never had the language for it before. And I just think it's really helpful for people to have a word for it because it gives them something to go Google and it gives them something to go look up because a lot of people, you know, claircognizance is one of the hardest intuitive gifts and the, it's one of the hardest, like psychic abilities to be able to discern and have, um, to have trust in, in yourself, because it doesn't sound like anyone else. It's not, you know, you're not seeing a vision. You're not hearing a voice. You're not like, it sounds like you. And because society has done an amazing job at convincing us that we can't trust ourselves because we no longer have authority and sovereignty over our own intellectual power and capacity and decision-making, we're so conditioned to not believe what we think without having outside validation or even outside ideas given to us that claircognizance is one of the skills that people are completely shutting down in themselves without knowing and that happened to me so if you are listening to this and you're like wow like that's sometimes I think things and I just know things but I can't explain it um go start looking up the clairsenses And go look into claircognizance and see what that is and follow those breadcrumbs now because Mm -hmm. it's one of the ones that is the most disregarded by people and it's the hardest one to decipher. Mm, Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. So it's more about, I'm just trying to understand it for myself. So it's more about just this inner knowing, but you're, you're able to speak it and Mm -hmm. you're able to speak it to other people. So maybe that can look like, you have a message for somebody so you're not like you say you're not well I suppose in a way is it the same as channeling because the information's coming from somewhere but you hear it in your own voice and you speak it so you're still gaining that it could be seen as like this external information um yeah but it's delivered in your voice to you which you then speak to somebody yeah and I think I wouldn't necessarily say that they're the same thing. We're like channeling and then also being claircognizant. Um, Those two things aren't the same. But I think that when you are channeling, people who have the ability to channel are claircognizant. Right. Where because there are there are a few other ones. There's, you know, clairvoyance, clairaudience, claircognizance and clairsentience and the clear audience is like they hear things. Sometimes it can be external voices outside of themselves. Sometimes it is internal, maybe a mix of both. And then um, clairvoyance is the seeing part of it. And again, sometimes you're actually seeing things physically outside of yourself, but sometimes it's more in your mind's eye, but it's very imagery and like pictographic in nature. Um, yeah, which it, it's also very similar to how when you have a memory like if you think of your childhood bedroom right now um in a split second you already know what it looks like in your head and you can see it so that's also a version of clairvoyance as well that's how I get my clairvoyance Mm -hmm. where it feels like a memory but I get a memory of something that I've never 
experienced before. And then claircognizance we've already talked about and clairsentience is the feeling of it. And that's really highly tied to that more like highly sensitive person or that really empathic person where they feel things um, physically in their body and through their emotions. So if they're, you know, if they're psychically delivering messages for someone, um, they might actually feel the full scope of like the pain and the grief or the sadness or the joy that someone is going through where it what comes through me? them like that. Yeah. Uh, well, you might be like me. I'm a mix of it all. So claircognizance is my strongest one. And then I have, and then, and then it's like the other three, um, pop in and out of being online based on if I need the support or not, where it's, it's like claircognizance is the main one. And I always just have that sense of like really deep knowing. And then it's backed up almost like almost immediately, but just a very split second later with an image that I get or like a scene that plays out in my head followed by like a feeling associated with it. And sometimes, and I have a hard time discerning between my claircognizance and my clairaudience as well too. Um, but sometimes my clairaudience is much louder and I will actually hear my voice in my head as though some like, it's like if I had like a loudspeaker and I had recorded myself and then it was very faintly playing like someone had just pushed play on a track inside my head, but it is my voice, but it sounds different. It's very hard to explain. Um, <laughs> but I get that, that sort of accompanies the knowing, but also the knowing is like, I can hear my own inner dialogue. Yeah. So it's two different ways of hearing my voice. And sometimes I can't even discern which one. So I get like, I get a weird blend of all of them. And it's, it's funny because like the, the more widely known and widely accepted, accepted, um, like quote unquote, psychic gifts mm. are those, um, are those more like very tangible, like dramatic ones that are outside of yourself? So like people who see things and people who hear voices and can communicate, like they actually have that person on the other side in their spirit communicating in their voice to them. They can see them out there. Those are the, when people think of a psychic, that's the image that has been kind of given to us just through Hollywood and, um, also, those are kind of the most entertaining ones, I think. And there's a whole other realm out there of this mix of other ones where, yeah, like we all have access to these gifts at any given time, but we have no idea what's coming from us, what's coming from like source or universal energy. Yeah. We have, like we have no idea if what we're getting is, you know, our like egoic physiological brain that's creating these things or if we are you know actually just radiating messages that are coming from the non-physical mm. that is right there you, you know like there's a there's a lot of gray area there and it confuses a lot of people and that's you know with this whole concept of like learning to like love yourself and step into like your full authentic scope of like who you really are you can't do it without discovering your intuition which is why that conversation I think even like without trying just always gets brought into this greater conversation 
of like, you know, how can you actually fully, truly know who you are if you're cut off from the direct connection and the flow of information from the greater part of who you actually truly are, right? Yeah, yeah. The most important piece, like you can't come into that awareness and acknowledgement and then follow it with those steps of full self-acceptance, self-love, and then step into the like actual expression of your truest authentic nature Mm. when you're not accessing the part of you that makes you you. It's really interesting that you say that, actually, because a part of this my story that most of my listeners will know about by now is that I say I was always trying to feel whole and I always felt like there was a piece of me missing and I could never, there was just something and I always felt unhappy until I had my spiritual awakening. And I felt whole for the first time in my life at 36 when that happened to me, that's when I was like, oh my God, this is the piece I've been missing. And when you say it like that, it makes me feel like maybe it's because I was just remembering who I actually am. And I didn't have access to it before because I was resisting it. And like you, I was resisting something. I was resisting spirituality. I was resisting um, anything woo-woo. Oh, no, no, I'm an atheist. I don't believe in that. I was very like, no. Um, And and then, so that's, that actually did, it's like someone plugged me in. (laughs) And and then all these other abilities started to come on top of it as well. Um, Which, so I, I really feel like what you say there is definitely true for myself. And maybe people listening, maybe, maybe that's the piece that they could be looking for. And I also did all the other stuff, you know, like I was doing meditation mindset, I was eating while I was exercising, I was Mm -hmm. doing all the things, but I still didn't feel a hundred percent myself. And I think actually a lot of people that have worked with me in radiotherapy, if you're listening, dear ex-colleagues, will see Mm -hmm. the change in me And, and they'll see me, they'll have this radiographer cat in their head of who I used to be and they'll put me in that category but now there's this other cat and they're like hang on a minute so half of them think I've lost my shit you know like mm-hmm. I've so um and half of them are like really curious some of them are really curious and the rest are yeah. just you know, don't care probably but <laughs> it's really really interesting really interesting it completely changed me yeah and it's funny because then as the individual because I'm also kind of in that weird in-between world as well, where some people I've allowed to find me and access me in like this full, like crazy woo-woo expression of like who I really am. And I'm still like deliberately sort of sheltering myself a little bit from people from my past. Um, I'm kind of at the point now where I don't care if they find me on their own, but I'm not at a point where, you know, And from this perspective, I'm talking about like, you know, marketing and social media and like the actual putting myself out there channels. Um, You know, I'm not having these conversations and sharing all about this on like my personal platforms. Um, 
but I'm, I'm at that point now where like, I don't care if they find me on their own, but for a long time, that was another thing that held me back from really pursuing and like, and really making the shift in my focus in business as well too. Like I hung on to the title of nutritionist and like lifestyle coach for a really long time, uh, because it was familiar. It was accepted. You know, you could say you're a nutritionist and people know what you do and there's, validity to it they're like oh yes we need that good for you you're helping people um but this other world uh people still have whatever opinion they want to have and that's a really scary thing to open yourself up to as well and i know like you know god bless the people who just really don't care what other people think about them um as much as i teach it like that is a massive part of like my overall message like you really actually cannot care what anyone else thinks about you. Yeah. You know, but I talk out of both sides of my mouth when I say that, because I know that that is true, but I still at the exact same time worry about what this might look like to other people. And I only really fully talk about it and like show up as this version of myself in the spaces where I've created a safe community to do so. And that alone can also really hold you back from your exploration too, because your intuition isn't only just coming online and your gifts aren't only just accessible when you're deliberately set up in your routines and your practices. It's all the time in your daily life, no matter what. And when you are aware of the fact that this particular section or this particular group of your life um isn't or like might not be on board with like who you really are that awareness of it alone means in those circumstances and in those situations you're pinching yourself off from access to that as well so Mm, yeah and and I I know that like we're all on our own journey at our own pace and stuff too so like there's no need to rush it so if you're listening to this and you're like I'm not ready to come out of the spiritual closet yet like do your work in the closet until you're ready to come out like it's not like there's no timeline here, but just recognize that because that's really important. I've noticed as well, too, with a lot of my clients, they're like, um, it's like they really are holding themselves back from fully expressing who they are because of that fear of what other people might think of them. But it's like, okay, but you already lived the first, you know, pick a 30 year old client, for example, sake, right? You already lived the first 30 years of your life being afraid to be you and you're at this point where you're recognizing that you're living a life you don't want you're so out of touch with who you are you don't even remember who you were as a child you don't know what makes you happy you have no hobbies like you know there's a list of things that people have when they end up working with me right so usually they're just generally unhappy and it's like how long how much longer do you want to stay there because knowing this information isn't enough yeah you actually have to be willing to embody it in your real life and that doesn't mean get up on a podium with a loudspeaker and start preaching but it means that you have to be willing to be tuned in and tapped into your intuition on a daily basis and even in those situations and circumstances where you wouldn't normally allow this stuff to come out you have to allow it to come out so if you're at work and your intuition is like, say something, you need to say it without worrying about if that person's like, well, 
Where'd you get that from? Like, okay, well, give me the facts. Where's like, you know, and they want proof. You have to have the ability to be like, just intuitively, I know. And they're like, well, that's not good enough. And you're like, it's good enough for me. And like being able to just have those conversations where like, you don't have to go reintegrate as this like new spiritual madam who carries her crystal balls with her and stuff like that. But like you do, you really do have to eventually dissolve those boundaries between the idea of how other people might've seen you before and be totally okay with how they might see you now because you can't control their perception of you anyway. Yeah. But we're always cutting ourselves off from being able to say things, make decisions, move in a certain direction, speak up for ourselves and just enjoy whatever it is we're doing because we don't allow our our intuition to just flow through us because we like innately, I think, you know, there's a lot of wounding there and that's a different conversation, but I think, you know, our systems are just like, keep that locked up tight. That's not safe kind yeah. of thing. But when we break through that is yeah. where that wholeness comes from. A hundred percent. And that was the case for me for, for years, you know, always worrying about the judgment of other people and always cutting myself off and always being like afraid to speak my truth. And now I've reached a point, and this is why I feel like the podcast is, is very healthy for me uh, personally, because I get to speak my truth and really put myself out there and really lay myself on the line for judgment and criticism. But now I'm finding is, okay, that's great. I'm able to do that now, but now what's coming into play is, oh no, Kat, you need to tell people about this woo-woo side of you. You need to share this information. And again, it's getting to the point where I don't have a choice because there's so much evidence now and so much proof in my world. And just from the conversations I've had, from the people I've met, from Shelly, who I had on the show recently, who's just incredible, um, all these people yourself, you know, and, and it's like, no, no, this is actually accepted. And, and here's the thing. It's like not everyone's going to accept you anyway. It doesn't matter if you're talking about, I don't know, fudge. <laughs> it could be yeah. anything. Somebody is going to have an opinion somewhere. But it's interesting. I was so petrified of putting that episode out that I put out a few weeks ago. And if you're listening and you're still with me, thank you. Uh, but I'm, I was so petrified of that. And actually... I've I I put a lot of polls on on the Spotify um on the Spotify shows episodes to to gauge you know what people like and the only person who's replied on there was to that episode saying how much that they loved it and that they want to hear more of it and that they want to understand it more and that I should do more of them and that was like whoa I was so not expecting that and it just shows again it's like you do the things that you fear the most that the you know it's not a whisper it's it's a loud voice telling you do it do it do it do it do it and once you do wow it's not a scary (laughs) and actually it's better than you can imagine so yes and then other things start coming into because you've just recalibrated your point of attraction when you do that you've gone up the vibrational scale you've resonated with like the higher perspective of who you really are and in that act you've you've moved your like your vibrational set point it's like this is where I attract from now 
Yes. And energetically new people that are better serving that can continue to foster this growth and this development in you start to come into your life. And yeah, it's like literally the scariest things are where the most growth happens. Yeah. It, but, but you're able to recalibrate your point of attraction every time you do that. Yeah. And and you get evidence from doing it when you take the big yeah. scary action. And I've heard people talk about this so many times and I've done it even myself, but it's, it feels different every time. Um, but you, you, you see the rewards of that. And it's like, since putting out that episode, for example, I've had, I think I had about 400 listens in one day. I've never had that many before. And I was, I'm still in shock, you know, and it just shows you, it's like confirmation all the time. You're getting that reassurance. Yeah. Cause when you did that, you called in the people who are already eating this stuff up because in your, in the box you were holding yourself in previously, where you were still kind of pushing the envelope a little bit and you're still bringing in these ideas that maybe aren't as mainstream or conventional, but you weren't really just crossing that line, right? Right. You're trying to curate the things that come out of your mouth a little bit, but in that particular instance, you let you allowed yourself out of the box, right? You recalibrated your point of attraction. And there's a reason that that particular conversation or that particular episode of that recording you put out there now all of a sudden has reached people in a far larger number in a shorter period of time than any of your other work has done so far. And it's because you finally raise your vibration to match them because they are out there, but you were vibrating differently before. So they couldn't find your stuff. And when you recalibrate yourself and you reset that point of attraction to that higher vibration, the other people that are out there that are vibrating there and are holding that frequency. Yeah. They find you and you might end up just being what looks like a breadcrumb to them. You know, who knows where they found you from? It it might have been, you might have been a guest on someone else's podcast. It might have been, you know, one day they opened up their podcast app and they wanted to listen to something and they went, I think I want to find someone new today. And they hit the scroll page and you might have been three down and they were like this one and they're going to listen to it. It's the universe connecting the dots. It's like your vibrational resonancy is here. Kat's vibrational residency is now here and now her words can reach the people who are already looking for it. And it's one example of how when you do that thing that's scary, vibrationally speaking, and like from an energetic perspective, you resonate differently and you match the people who resonate on that frequency. And it's actually quite mathematical. Like when you take the woo out of it, it makes total sense. Because if you think of like the way a radio works, right? You have a frequency that you tune it to and it matches up with the frequency that it's being put out at. And you can't hear what's on a radio station if you're tuned to a different set point. So like scientifically and mathematically, there's a perfectly good explanation for it. When you strip away all the woo. Yeah. You can't even de- like, and it happens whether you want it to or not. So if you're accidentally vibrating at this vibrational frequency, guess what? You know, and if it's not a, a desirable frequency, guess what you're set to? You're set to that frequency. So those things that keep happening to you, you are essentially attracting it and manifesting it because you get 
you get exactly equivalent of where you are resonating at at any given time, whether you're conscious of it or not. Yeah, so to just consciously allow yourself to do the things that you know raise your vibration even when it's so uncomfortable like go get those things go do the hard thing because this comfortable thing you're doing over here is only just going to continue to serve you up all these like uncomfortable things totally and and this is why self-belief is so important and as one of my friends says who's a manifestation coach um it's almost good to be delusional she says be delusional like embody the thing, embody the the life, the person you have, pretend like you've already got it because mm-hmm. you are then raising your vibration. And if you keep doing it, you are eventually going to end up believing it yourself anyway. And then you are going to draw that thing to you. Um, yeah. And yeah, I'm just thinking, you know, sometimes it's hard to get into that state. Um, and sometimes the other thing is like this whole timing issue, isn't it? Like, you always think, oh, if I do this, then it's probably going to come to me in maybe a couple of weeks or a month or whatever. But sometimes you're waiting so long and that's when you start to lose the belief in it a little bit. And you just think, oh, really? But you also uh, never know what's going on in the background as well. And yeah, yeah like if you, if you, if you are in that state, it will, it's only a matter of time before it comes to you. The hardest bit is to just hold on to the belief. And there's something I struggle with myself, you know. <laughs> Me too. Oh, I, I'm so good at being able to deliver really good advice that looks good on paper. <laughs> but I'm the first to admit too, like, you know, when we get off this wonderful conversation, I'm going to walk out my door and I'm going to walk into my house. There's going to be evidence of things that are immediately being presented to me that I'm going to be challenged with. And there's nothing we can do about that because I don't know, the completely different conversation. And I would love to be able to have another conversation with you too, but I just know that we've already been here a while. So with the like purpose of respecting everybody's time and, you know, really trying to not just listen to myself talk really. Um, We'll do do it. Right. But there's also that piece, too, where sometimes people get so caught up in the manifestation process and they get so caught up in the healing journey or in the spiritual development um, that they hold themselves apart from the things that they actually wanted, which led them to these practices to begin with, because there's there's this like, I don't know what to call it, but in the whole spiritual community, in the like energetic community, there's this idea that we're non-physical beings and we're just having a physical experience. While that is 100% true, the greater part of us is actually here in the physical here and now on this planet. Yeah. So we're not non-physical beings having a physical experience. We are from that perspective. And when we are no longer in this body and we pass over, we will recognize that. But right now, here and now, today, in this moment, I'm a physical being having a physical experience. And you cannot bypass that, which means you can't just sit in your spiritual awareness and not go out and live your life. Yeah. And you can't be afraid to go live your life for fear of things changing your vibration like you're we're here for a reason because we are meant to be human beings on this planet to live a physical life and 
you know, a couple of meditations per day is really all it takes. Like you, you know, if you wake up in the morning and you have a quick 15 or 20 minute meditation and you set your vibrational set point for the day, and this is your intention and you raise your vibration and you go about your day and you encounter all these different things and you react emotionally and you have these things totally fine. It's completely fine. The, the most important thing there is that as you're like experiencing life, that you're monitoring and curating your belief systems about yourself in that life. And that's the most important thing that you can do because you weren't meant to sit in your bedroom on a comfy, poofy chair, listening to guided meditations all day long, trying to heal, not integrating yourself into society and, you know, being afraid to have these emotional reactions, like no matter where they are on the spectrum, that's exactly what we were meant to do because our emotions are our indicators. It's the only line of communication that we have with our non-physical selves, really. So when you have an emotion, that's just your soul, like the greater part of you basically being like, yes, we really like this. Or like, no, you're not thinking the way that we would think kind of thing. Like your emotional, your emotions, really, it's your guidance system from your higher self. But What's the point of having that direct communication if you're not going out there and putting yourself in situations that are creating this need to get that feedback? Yeah, we were meant to go live our life. So also, like, go live your life and, you know, manifest some things. But Who cares if you get it or not? Because most of the time, like the stuff that you're aware of in these timelines and this like reality of whether you get it or you're not getting it and stuff like that. A lot of that is like expectation coming from the egoic part of yourself, like your lower mind, the mind that's here and now in your body, but that's not actually coming from your higher mind. And a lot of the stuff, you know, you can absolutely manifest anything you want. If you really wanted to, you could make a car appear. Like if you really wanted to, and that's what you wanted, you could, but for the most part, not everyone wants a car, but we see the car as a marker of success. So we've told ourselves that because we don't have that car, we're not successful. So it's like, we're trying to manifest stuff that isn't even actually in alignment with anything we planned to do while we're here. So to focus on those things and the lack of awareness of them is just absolutely absurd. Cause like that, you don't actually want that anyway. You're just you know, you're in your lower mind awareness perspective right now. And you think that that is yeah. some marker that you're trying to achieve. So when you're not getting the things that you're deliberately trying to get, you chan- like chances are you don't actually need that thing. And it was never really a part of like this purposeful, like feeling that you were here to try and come into realization of anyway. Exactly. And and when you become like so completely obsessed with something and fixated on it, and even if you did sit in your room, meditate all day, whatever it is, you're you're also then missing out on life. You're missing out on yeah. the experience. And it's like it, like you say, if we were meant to do that, then we'd be up there floating around in the seventh dimension or whatever you call it. I don't know. Um, <laughs> you know, we'd be yeah. basically we'd be just energy and we wouldn't even yeah. have bodies and you know, like, that's the thing. It's like, we have a human body and we have this experience for a reason. And yeah, it's like a, you know, I try and think of it like a playground, you know, it's like, you're, you're learning, you're exploring, you're getting stronger, 
Um, and it is, it's like life is a playground and I really feel like we, we take it so seriously. And I catch myself in these moments when I'm like, Oh, why is this not showing up? And you know, it's all ego, it's all lack and it's all, it's only missing, missing the point of, of life and coming back to the fact that actually you're alive. That's pretty amazing. Everything else is a, is a cherry on top. And yeah, it's, it's just about bringing your awareness back to the present moment remembering that yes and I love the fact that you thank you for saying that that we are because so many people get caught up in this woo but it's like we are physical beings as well it's like so be physical allow yourself to be human if you want to swear fucking swear if you want to do you know what I mean and it's like this is what annoys me this this almost toxic spirituality that you hear about by very well-meaning people they mean well and it's not because I, there's also like, I don't want people to listen to this and be like, oh my God, they're trying to brainwash me. I didn't even realize like people, they yeah. only have access to the information that they have access to at any given time. So that is the sure. most leading edge information that they have. They're well-meaning, but, but yeah. yes. there's more to it. And yeah. with more conversations, they're going to come into awareness of it. They're going to start adapting these as well. And it will start to soften, like the the conversation will start to soften and it will be more encompassing to the actual human experience. And not to cut you off, I know that's pretty well exactly what you were going to say. Um, sometimes I don't have the off switch verbally. <laughs> so <my bad. laughs> that's okay. But, but yeah, I, I know what you mean, though, that like we're like nothing serious is going on here. We're all just non-physical beings having a physical or other way around, <laughs> you know, like we're, we're spiritual beings and we're just having a physical experience, but like that really detracts from the physical experience that we're having because exactly. like, no, but this was the whole point. This is the whole point that we're here. And, um, we can't forget that because so some people, once they come into the spiritual awareness, they're so afraid to have a negative emotion because they yeah. think that they're going backwards or they're they're repeating old habits and patterns and stuff like that and it's like yeah you know like you can out like if something makes you mad get mad like get, get it out the most important thing is like remembering that any given moment you have the ability to apply meaning to whatever you want and i loved what you said about um a friend of yours who says like um like it's okay to be delusional then like you know who cares if you have to like tell yourself a story that doesn't exist because your belief systems really are just thoughts you continue to think right mm-hmm. so if you just continue to think the same thoughts over and over again and it might not be true it might not be you know your reality but if delusionally speaking it feels better to tell yourself that you have all of these different things you have these qualities you have these gifts you have this you have that eventually your brain goes wow we think this thought over and over again it must be true let's store it as a belief and now you don't need to think those things anymore and you actually truly will start to believe those things about yourself and that's another component to the work i do is like actual uh like neurological pathway reformation using like what I call like a brain priming technique, essentially, um, not to get too into it, but that's essentially what it is. It's like, yeah, you just need to change your beliefs. You know, that's a broad statement, right? How do you change a belief? Like you think it's true. So how do you just change it? Like literally one thought at a time, you 
because a belief is just a thought that you continue to think, right? So what I've done is like turned it into an actual method where you can like hypnotize yourself with it, basically, where you're and it fast tracks your your change in belief systems. But it is perfectly okay to like be delusional. Like when you go out there and you start re-experiencing your life and you're doing these things, you know, you crash your car, be like, you know, it, it it's totally okay to be delusional. That's okay. I'll get another car. Like, yeah, yeah well, that's what insurance is for. Oh, I didn't have insurance. Oh, well, this car wasn't meant for me. Like you're, you're also allowed to do that too, because if you continue to react to life like that, life goes, ah, she's right. And, and then it starts to like give you things because you no longer care. So, but it's also that balance too, where it's like, how do you go through life not caring? You do have to consider other people, right? Yeah. Moral of the story. We could talk on this side of the fence. We could talk on this side of the fence, but like your middle ground is somewhere in the middle where it feels less stressful, where it's really not that big of a deal, but you also do recognize and honor that you have desires and to you, they are a big deal. And you do have obligations that to other people are a big deal and you have to oblige those as well. But like there's a middle ground. And as long as you find yourself somewhere there most of the time, your life should feel easier and you'll have that, that sense of alignment and purpose and and just like contentment with the wholeness of who you really are without feeling that like intense separation of feeling like you just have no idea if you're coming or going, if you're physical, if you're non-physical, if you, you know, there's so much confusion out there. So like aim for that sweet spot in the middle of like delusionment and reality. Yes. And then from that place, you'll mostly feel like you have a handle on life until the next thing comes in and you got to start the process over again. So <laughs> yes, very well put. Yeah. I think it's important to to say that um, it is about balance and Hey, look, life is, life is going to keep happening. So the way I see it is, is going to happen. What thought are you going to have about it? You can choose to have this thought, this positive thought. You can choose to have a negative thought. At the end of the day, it's going to happen. You know, so that was quite a revelation for me when I discovered that. And I was like, oh, yeah, actually, hang on a minute. I've been uh, I've been thinking about this. I've been choosing to think about it in this way. But I don't have to do that. But, yeah, you do need to, like you say, maintain that um, balance. And and this is another aspect of life in general I personally feel is to, that it that it really is all about experiencing both ends ends of the spectrum and then finding the balance of those ends but you can't find yeah. the balance until you experience both extremities um and the further one end you go the further the other end you go but then that also means that you'll come to that sweet spot eventually um yeah. and that's just what's been true for me in in my life but I feel a lot of other people can relate to that too yeah so so with the with the work that that you do Janessa um so really you're you're talking mainly about how to find the true essence of of who you are and it's that coming back to that uh coming back to that place of remembering who you are and from what what everything you've said it sounds like you know, it's it's not straightforward like anything. It's easier to say it, isn't it? It's a simple statement, but there's all these different components to it. Yeah. And I think what I hear you saying is that you need the spiritual component. You need that spiritual component in order to really 
be able to do that. Um, and it does take practice as well. It's a process. It takes a long time. Yeah. So how would you go about if somebody, you know, you've, you've got a new person that comes to you and, and they want your help, um, where do you start with them? So my language is astrology. And I call myself an intuitive astrologer because that was the biggest thing for me that felt like I was remembering who I really was. So, of course, I do actually have the schooling and the certifications because I did take courses for astrology to be able to be an astrologer. But what was really interesting that happened for me was from the very first lesson of my very first astrology program that I took, I already knew the language. And I already, it was like, from the first time I looked at my own birth chart, I already knew how to read it before the lesson started. And I had that like blissfully ignorant feeling of like, oh, this is going to be really easy. Oh my God, I love this. And was just like so into it. And it was like, like, as the instructor was saying things, things were coming out of their mouth, but I was hearing it in my head at the same time. Like, like I already knew this information. And what I came to learn shortly after was that astrology is actually really difficult to learn and not everyone can pick it up. And it's quite elusive and it's like it's a lot and it's really mind boggling for a lot of people. And there are people who take courses just to try to understand their birth chart and they get little pieces here and there, but they're continuing to have to work with people to understand their birth chart and really decipher it. And for me, it was like this whole language just came online. I have access to all this information. I can just look at a birth chart and intuitively know absolutely everything that's here. And that's where I start with people is with their birth charts. Because I I never saw myself as the full like the full capacity and the full potential of who I was until I saw it in my birth chart. And it gave me a level of acceptance for who I was that I had yet to achieve through any other self-development and self-love practice. And what I like to do is I just start with I start by bringing it back to their birth chart with astrology and not everyone actually needs to like learn their own birth chart but in the process of bringing someone into self-discovery for being able to truly accept and understand the non-physical parts of themselves that are also manifesting physically here in their life it's really important for them to find that sense of like complete utter knowing and acceptance that they are the way they are for a reason and they were never meant to be anyone else and the deconditioning process of us trying to heal from the modernization of the world we live on really starts with that step because you can't understand something Mm -hmm. that you don't understand, right? So how are you supposed to understand who you are and what you're doing if you don't understand how you got here, what you're made of, why you have the certain things that you do, why you carry these particular traits, why you have these experiences on your path. And you can't accept anything that you don't understand either. So for me, it's like the most fundamental basic way of helping people understand who they are is by using a birth chart 
Um, it's just my preferred way because it is a physical map. Like it's a chart and there's markers on it that have meaning. It's all based in mathematics. And deep down inside of us, we all know that we're greater than this planet. And we all know whether we've ever verbalized it or acknowledged it or not. There are cells resonate with this the first time you ever hear it. But you know that what's going on out there that we can see in the night sky is absolutely intricately involved in our life here on this planet. And that's a truth that anyone, when they hear it for the first time, like full body chills. And it's like, yep. Okay. And they're like, I'm on board. So with the astrological lens, what I can do is show you like, just as an example, actually, I had a client yesterday. This was a really big revelation for her. She's spent her whole life basically being told like, she's too much. Right. Like, like you're so aggressive, like you're too much, tone it down. And like, you're selfish. You like, there's just this, this story that she has about her where like, she's too much for other people. Like she's too loud. She gets really excited and she yells and she's a loud talker. And when she gets mad, she gets really angry and she's got like a hot temper and she's lost a lot of jobs because she's kind of like abrasive and people, you know, like, and she's got this story about herself where she's like, I just like, I don't know like I keep feeling like I'm getting in my own way, but I'm like, I'm this way, but nobody likes it. So I don't even like myself like that sort of essence. Like she didn't necessarily say it in those words, but um, that was sort of the holding pattern that she was stuck in, in her life. Right. Just thinking like she can't do anything right. It's like, she might two steps forward and then she offends someone. And then, so she just has gone through life with this idea that like, she's too much and other people can't handle her. And when we looked at her birth chart, the very, very first thing, like the first piece of information that I gave her was about her elemental constitution. She's about 85% fire, right? Yeah. And she's not too much. She's a fire being. And there is a certain amount of self-acceptance that you get when you see that for yourself on a chart. And someone, you know, if you're not versed in it and you don't want to be or you're not there yet, if someone else like an astrologer can go like, look, you've got this planet that controls your mind, controls your actions, controls your desires, controls your passions. You've got this, you've got that. It's all sitting here in fire energy. This energy is unique to you for a reason. And the only reason that it is offensive to that particular person is because you're not meant to be in that environment. Where would, like, what is an environment that's conducive to this type of energy? What does that look like? And in this particular case, she's like, I love being in the gym. She's like, I love it. I feel like it's like, like I can do whatever I want. I put my music on. I can literally dance. I don't care what people think of me there. I'm exercising. I'm working out. I'm allowed to yell. She's like, I love being in classes where I get to, you know, like those boot camp classes where it's loud and you get to like yell when you're lifting weights and stuff. And she's like, I've always wanted to do CrossFit, but whatever. And like, that was the homework I gave her was like, go do CrossFit kind of thing. And just like when you look at it like that, when you're like, you have an elemental constitution that is unique to you. And you, 
you know, like when you when you live a life that is trying to constantly turn that part of you off, but it's your most natural state of being, it it just creates so much dis-ease and discomfort. And and of course, like then there's many steps that we go through after that, but that alone is so helpful. And for me, what that did for me, the very first time I started to understand who I was by looking at my birth chart, the things about myself that I was the most insecure about were sitting there on this little graph of myself showing me that these were my most natural gifts. Yeah. And I, and for me, that was a massive turning point in my life too, because I had gone through a series of different things that led to that point where I felt like I had to fix a lot of things about me in order to be more palatable to be more successful to look like mm-hmm. this particular thing I was trying to be so I'd gone down this path up which is about like where my weird mystery illness started too by the way I'd gone down this path of like um self-perfection like this pursuit of fixing all of these things about me where um we were talking about this but like before we started recording about how I have no structure because like structure is actually um it, it it's my kryptonite like you know, if there's a set schedule and there's a structure in place, I am completely cut off from my creativity and from my expression of like being able to follow the whims that come through me, which are my intuition, right? So like I can't actually follow and act on my intuition when I have the confines of a schedule and a structure. But everything in the business world tells you that you need to be consistent. You got to set your goals, set your timelines, stay focused, do these things. Don't let distractions come in, you know, batch your content, batch your emails, do all this. And in the pursuit of trying to like fix these things that felt like they were like not getting me where I wanted to go, um, I created a lot of dis-ease for myself physically. I manifested illness because I cut myself off from what my most natural innate gifts are, which is to go with the flow, say what's on my mind, get lost in a conversation, even if there's no monetary value attached to it and all these things. And there were a couple other things too, where um, I had previously, like as an adult, been diagnosed with ADHD and then was like, okay, on one hand, this makes so much sense. But then I was like, okay, if I could just fix this, ADHD, then I can be this person that I want to be. And then in my pursuit of trying to get medication and hire a coach and create these like structures for myself that are going to manage these parts of me that are getting in my way. Again, I was not like, there weren't really any tangible words for it at the time, but I think what was happening was in this pursuit of trying to fix these things about myself, physically I'm just I'm literally disallowing the greater part of me that was meant to be unique unique to me right so Mm -hmm. when I understood through my birth chart lens that I was made up of mostly air with a heavy water component it made so much sense because air is like you have so much ideas you want to talk you want to think you want to interact you're social you can totally get lost on these like random tangents and like it's a skill that I have and it's the best possible thing for me, which is why podcasting is probably the best outlet for that. It's yeah. like, I knew it's you like, oh, I knew it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm not just an air sign. I'm all of, I'm all air, but like, and I have no earth, right? Yeah. I'm the so, same actually. Yeah. It, well, yeah, we're, that, which is why. Uh, hang on. What are you? I'm Aquarius. What are you? 
oh, I'm a Libra, but through astrology, of course, there's like your sun sign, your moon sign, and your rising sign, right? Yeah. I'm Libra sun, Libra moon, Libra rising with six planets in Libra in the first house. I'm the most Libra person there's ever been in my life. Wow. In, in the history of the world, I'd imagine. I don't know. But and so, yes, long story short. It's so, how typical is that? Here, let the air person give you a quick description of what, <laughs> of what this birth chart is going to look like. Um, but yes, understanding myself through that lens gave me a self-acceptance piece that I had never found anywhere else. And I gave up trying to fix myself. I was like, call it what you want to call it. I don't care if it's ADHD or if I'm just Libra. I don't know. I actually don't care anymore. My biggest gift has always been when I've been able to talk with someone always. And in this like business world, it, it was trying to tell me that like these one-on conversations or these one-on-one conversations were limiting my income potential. You want to, you know, put evergreen courses out there. You group programs are where it's at and stuff like that. My biggest gift is my ability to converse, right? So if I put myself in any situation where I don't have freedom to talk, even though other people will say that it looks like it's distracting or a waste of time or you're off topic. And like even this, like this podcast, this is something I have to mentally soothe myself with a lot of the time. I have this idea in my head because I've been told that you want to keep a conversation like this, like under an hour. You don't want to be the, you know, you don't want to lose people to conversation and stuff like that. Trying to give myself a time limit is just the absolute worst thing for me. I would have been stumbling over my words the entire time, would have panicked, not known what I should have said what versus what I wanted to say. So when you do have, and I mean, granted, yes, I'm not going to sit here and talk for seven hours. It's disrespectful of people's time. And I don't know if that's enjoyable for a listener, but, you know, allowing yourself to flow without the confines of what you've sort of been told is the most important thing but how do you know where you flow if you don't know what you're made of so to actually bring it back to the question that you answered i start with learning your astrological dna is what it is um and it's not even from a very in-depth place we really go over your elemental constitution so that you can understand the type of person that you are and again it's air, earth, water, fire. And most of us are a combination of the four, but some of us are really heavy in one element or we're very low in one element. You could call it like a missing element. And the idea is that you actually want to be balanced in all four elements at any given time. So once we see you as this, we fully accept your natural gifts as these like major components to who you are, but you also can't ignore these other ones that you're short on. So the sort of homework and the next steps there would be, you know, cultivating some earth in yourself if you are low on earth. And yes, although structures and timelines and, you know, deadlines and limits and stuff like that are not necessarily good for you, there's a certain amount of that that is also healthy for you as well, because when you're in balanced in your elemental constitution, your best skill, if you only ever use that, can also be a detriment to these other components of life too, right? So it's understanding that and then learning how you can bring yourself into a mostly balanced elemental constitution state of being. And then we look at your major markers 
which is, you know, the three big signs that make up the majority of your personality. So where your sun, where the sun influences you in your chart, where the moon influences you in your chart and where the rising sign is on your chart. And those just indicate who you are, like where your light shines, which is the sun, like where your most true essence is and like the lens that you're going to go through life with, you know, that adage of like rose colored glasses. You know, if your sun is in Aquarius, you're going to go through life with Aquarius colored glasses. It's just how you're going to see the world. And then your moon sign is your emotional attachment, connection, security, and safety. So the moon just represents the innermost parts of yourself that you keep kind of tucked away and hidden for yourself. And it's also how you emotionally connect and express with the world. And it's where you find safety and comfort. And the rising sign is your, um, it's not an actual planet. It's a marker on your chart that indicates the sign that was rising on the eastern horizon the moment you were born. And it indicates the person that you're rising into in this lifetime. And it also indicates simultaneously how other people see you in this lifetime. So it's kind of like the mask you wear that other people see you as, but also you're not even comfortable with or like relate to that particular sign. But through your life, if you live a life that is more in alignment and more positively expressed, you will rise into that person and you'll finally meet the person that other people saw you had the potential to be. And those three things alone give people insight into themselves that they've never had before so that they can actually learn how to truly love themselves because self-love sounds amazing, but it is so hard to achieve. Like, how do you get there? Right. And that's just my theory of that is like, well, you can't accept anything that you don't understand. So let's understand who you really are. And here's a map and I'm going to help you with even just a few of these things. And now you can accept yourself because you can understand yourself. Yeah. When I found out what my, when I actually started to take astrology seriously, because I never used to, because, you know, Mm -hmm. the way it's presented to us in the media. um, And I found out that my son is Aquarius, (laughs) that my moon is Aries (laughs) and that my ascendant is Scorpio. I was like, well, this makes a lot of sense now. (laughs) And then, you know, so you can imagine it's a very interesting mix. And I have a lot of Pisces in my chart as well. And then the human design element too. Um, Mine is uh, all to do with feelings. Like my message to the world is feelings. (laughs) And I was like, well, now I completely understand everything. Um, So yeah, it was quite a revelation. And people who may listen to this and maybe think it's nonsense, although I doubt there'll be many listeners thinking that, but you know, it really, it really does make sense when you actually look at this stuff and and it's not just some silly, like reading in a magazine. This is like your birth chart pulled apart piece by piece. And actually I did a whole episode with my uh, friend, Sandra, who's an astrologer and she did a a chart reading for everybody. Yeah. And it was it was super fascinating. And, you know, there was there was nothing on it that was incorrect at all. Um, So I think astrology is a powerful tool that we can use to help us discover. And I love that you use that as a starting point, because I think that's a really great way as, as well for you to really be able to understand someone and then help them even more. Yes. And that was sort of my goal is like, you know, if someone 
works with me for a short period of time and they never come back. I want to at least know that they're going through life understanding that they're not too sensitive. They're empathic because they have a very high constitution of water, which means they were meant to be able to feel and express and relate emotionally to the world and that it's not anything that is wrong with them. There's not anything they need to be ashamed of. And no matter how much they've heard it through their life, that they're too sensitive, that that is their truest gift and not to shut it down or you know, a fire person who's too big and too much and can't make friends because they're, you know, like they're, they come across as offensive or yeah, a lot of people just can't handle really big fire energy. But if that person can come away, knowing that like, they're not too much for everyone, though. And that anyone who can't handle them was never meant to and the people who can handle them won't ever see it as handling them. They will choose that person because they love their energy, because they love the gifts that they bring. So to not dim those parts of yourself because they're your most natural, innate, like it literally is your energetic DNA. You like you can't turn off these parts of yourself. You can cultivate elemental constitutional parts of yourself that are maybe lacking or have been turned off through conditioning and you want to like bring it back but your really big elemental components and constitution if you try to dull those or bring them down or rein them in or control what they look like you can't it's it's like kind of like a volcano situation like eventually it's going to blow and it might end up blowing but it might look like anything it could be chronic illness it could be sudden onset disease it could be what looks like a you know midlife crisis or a massive temper tantrum or like a meltdown or like it could look like anything but that is like your true nature needing to come out because it hasn't had an outlet so that alone that's my goal. It's like, you know, if I, if I do a reading with someone or I do one healing session or, um, we do one coaching session, I always bring that in because I want them to walk away knowing like, you know what? I don't talk too much. I'm just air. And that's what I'm meant to do. A lot of people don't have access to their air and they can't talk and they can't find the words. Yeah. I've always, I've always been able to find the words and that's my gift. And I'm not going to filter my words anymore, you know, and that alone gives them that can be life changing for people if they never take anything else from it and they just move on and they go do something else that can be life changing because there's a lot of healing that needs to be done from like our childhoods, this lifetime conditioning and stuff like that. But a lot of our conditioning is really geared towards that really accentuated particular element that wants to come out and that's the greatest part of us so when we've been told that the greatest part of us is the most triggering and offensive to other people and they don't enjoy it and we start trying to mimic who we think they'd prefer we were you are in that moment you are completely cutting off yeah. The thing that you were meant to exercise the most and be the best at in this lifetime. Yeah. A hundred percent. That piece of information alone can be life-changing. And then of course I have a ton of other work that I do with people, but that is where I start. 
Yeah, that's incredible. And yeah, it was it was the case to me when I was younger because I'm a very I'm a hypersensitive over emotional person I have a lot of Pisces a lot of Aquarius in my chart yeah I'm just a little bit of fire in there too um but I I was too scared to speak my truth and I used to feel everything like I still feel everything but when I was younger I wasn't allowing myself to feel it and it literally I felt like I was my insides were being eaten away at and it was just yeah, it was, I felt disgusting. And so for me now, it's like the more that I can speak my truth and the more that I can comment on how I feel, the more that I can comment on how other people feel. And I do have an activated throat center. That's no surprise to people listening. On here. <laughs> um, but yeah, in my human design chart. Um, but yeah, so it's, it's for me, it's very much been about speaking my truth, feeling my feelings, yeah. and actually my mission to get other people to feel as well. And when I do that, it, the, I feel balanced, I feel calm. Um, and it's interesting what you were saying earlier about the whole, um, if you go against your true elements, like I was trying in the past couple of weeks to be very methodical. I did a little chart and everything very unlike me. I time blocked and you know what? I've been fighting to try and do it. I've ended up with no energy. My energy has been depleted. I've actually been feeling sick. I've had bad skin right now. I actually have a headache because I was still very much trying to do that. Um, and today I actually ended up you know, dropping it, writing it off. Yeah. But really interesting because it's not me in my elements, literally. It's not me yeah. in my element, in my elements. And I'm not where do you think that term comes from? Like you're in your element. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. So it was it was quite a revelation when you were saying that. And I was like, well damn, you know, because I know I I exercise, I look after myself, I meditate, I do all the things. And I'm like, what the hell? And this is it. And it's like especially when it comes to business. And I know there'll probably be a lot of uh, new business people listening to this. Um, but yeah, it's about, you really do have to listen to yourself and you really have to flow with what works for you. And like you say, we all need those different elements to come in. Um, but if you are lacking in one, like I am lacking in earth, then it's like, okay, we need a little bit of structure, but not as much as you're trying to give. So I really, and I even said that weeks ago to myself, I'm like, cat. You don't need as much as everyone else. It's mainly a feminine feeling. And then there's a little bit of the masculine thrown in there. And, and I was right. <laughs> when I was doing yeah. I was fine. Yeah. So I just wanted to go back yeah. to that and tell you I completely agree and I relate to it. Yeah. In, and right now as well. I want to throw one more thing in there um, before we have to go, because I know I do have to go pretty soon. But I don't want people to leave this going like, but what do I do? So I just want to leave you with this. If your missing element or like your lower element is air, or how do I preface this better to set you up with this? So whatever it is that you feel like you're always struggling with in life is usually attached to an element. My missing element is earth. Cat, yours apparently is as well structure, routine, consistency, that like day in, day out, like the boring, 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 like literally the stuff that it just, we're not good at it. Like I, I can't be on time for the life of me. I can't schedule a thing. Like 
that really like structured part of me, that has always felt like it's been a problem in my life that is associated with earth. So there's earth, air, water, fire, right? So if you are struggling with things like you are temperamental and you're really quick to make decisions and then you regret them after and you make like emotional decisions and it comes out like with anger and you say things and you want to be able to take it back later and you can't, um, chances are like you're really heavily fire. You might be um, missing your air element because your air element is your communication and like not to go through all of them, but to sort of paint the picture for this your tendencies and your traits and the thing that continues to come up in your life is going to indicate to you what you're heavily constitutioned in and what you might be missing. And then my my tip basically for like homework is if you discover that you are missing earth or your earth element is much lower than everything else, the homework there would to be would be to create a little bit of structure, but not structure that confines you, but also actually connecting to the element itself of earth, mm-hmm. getting outside in nature, literally putting your hands and your feet in the soil. If the environment isn't conducive to that, finding like a grounding meditation, because earth really is just lack, it, it's grounding. So when you lack earth, you lack grounding, you lack that like, reliable structure here and now on this physical planet we're a little bit too lost up in the clouds sometimes and so like finding ways to ground yourself so it doesn't mean like setting yourself a strict schedule trying to cultivate some earth you've got to find ways to ground yourself that could be a guided meditation a couple times a day and then you'll find that all of this air part of you um isn't like a tornado where you can't grab anything because everything's flying around like crazy. It's more like a light breeze and you can sort of like pick and choose the things like it it allows you to bring those thoughts down to earth a little bit and then create and then execute and actually have things to show for it. And it doesn't feel so frantic and stuff. And then, you know, if you're missing fire, fire is the life force energy. Like it's the passion, it's the love, it's your desire, your sexuality, it's all of that. If you're missing that, Start with fire as a color in general. Go out and buy something red or pink that you wouldn't normally do. You know, like if you're missing fire, chances are your wardrobe's pretty bland. You're you're not the type of person to like get a drastic haircut and wear bright red lipstick. You're probably really worried about your image and your appearance to other people. Um, but do things to stand out a little bit and cultivate some like fiery passion. Like loud listening to loud music and dancing to loud music is really good for cultivating some fire as well. Um, but like letting that energy express itself will help cultivate your fire. And then what you'll notice is, you know, if you're lacking fire, chances are you have a hard time making a decision. You have a hard time starting tasks. You have a hard time initiating certain things. You have a hard time, um, you know, you might be really heavily thinking all these things in your head, but you don't have the ability to verbalize it and speak up for yourself. That's fire. So cultivating a bit of fire that way, if you're missing element or your lower element is water, then meditation, because that's the closest way that you can, or it's the easiest and fastest way that's accessible to most people to be able to access your 
intuition and your inner knowing. So like water is emotions, but also your emotions are just energy in motion and it's your intuition that allows that to flow. So meditation is the quickest way to cultivating your water element. And then of course, actually being in water, taking a bath, going in the ocean, going in the lake or whatever it is. Um, Sometimes even just focusing on your hydration in general, people who have a lower water element also really struggle with getting the right amount of fluids into them. So focusing on drinking water and things like that. And then, of course, the air element, if that's your missing element, um, start journaling, read some books, get words flowing in and out of your consciousness, and then also find ways to um allow your throat chakra to be able to communicate it as well, even if it feels weird, even if it's uncomfortable for you. Um, But allowing the thoughts and the ideas and the feelings and the emotions and your opinions to be able to flow in and out of you using actual text and words. Mm. Read a book, journal, write some things out, write a blog post, you know, make the time for that actual communication and don't overlook how important talking is as well, too. So if you, you know, pick up the phone and call a friend, even if you feel like you're too busy, you know, so those are some like really quick, easy tips for cultivating an element that you think might be missing. Or if you go look up your birth chart, where you already know your birth chart, but you didn't understand the elemental constitution part of it. Um, doing that alone can really help balance you out. And then that one thing that feels like it's sort of your detriment can relax itself a little bit as you cultivate those other areas of yourself because they really do balance each other out. Amazing. Thank you so much for sharing that. I've just got two, I'm going to say quick questions for you. (laughs) (laughs) Quick. (laughs) um, The first one is, I didn't ask you at the beginning and I ask all my guests this, and that is, what does well-being mean to you? God, you want me to put that, really? You want me to answer that quickly? Let me see if I can try. Why don't you see if you can do it in one, uh, like three sentences? <laughs> well-being for me is a state where I'm not concerned with what has already happened, and I'm not worrying about what hasn't happened yet. And I'm able to see the bigger picture while also having the blinders on of the here and now at the moment. And I think it really three sentences, Kat, come on. Um, (laughs) I think it's like a quote from Buddha where it's like, um, you know, happiness is in the here and now. And when you, you know, when you hold on to the things of the past and you worry about the things that haven't happened yet, you prevent yourself from being happy in any moment or it's something like that and I think that well-being is that place between your past and your future where you can find solace and comfort in the moment without worrying about what has happened and what's yet to come and then still find Mm -hmm. a sense of peace in that middle part yeah in any given moment when you choose and to me that's what that would mean Mm, beautiful yeah And I agree. Yeah. The present moment is the place to be. And if you're ever feeling stressed or anxious, and this is something I practice daily, sometimes hourly, depending how I feel. But if I'm if I'm noticing that I'm getting stressed or aggravated or anxious, I just think, okay, am I actually here right now? Am I focusing on the past or am I or am I worrying about the future? Yeah. Focusing on the future. And then I just bring it back into now. I take some deep breaths and I ground myself, funnily enough, in the moment. So yeah, beautiful. 
you know what? I could have summarized that with one word. And honestly, it's mindfulness. I don't need those seven <laughs> sentences. There was a word. But yeah, it's mindfulness is exactly what it is. That Yeah. And in any given moment, when you choose mindfulness, you will be in a state of well-being. Yeah, well, you were just being true to your elements, so it's okay. We'll, we'll let you off. Um, and, <laughs> and finally, if you could share only one well-being mantra with the world, what would it be? There's nothing serious going on here. <laughs> this is a game. You're like, you came to just literally have fun and play the game. There's nothing serious going on. Have fun. Like find find the fun in your life and bring fun back into everything that you do. And I mean that's it's harder to do than it is to sit here and say it. And I totally get that. But like if there's if someone listens to this and they're like, wow, I'll never remember any of this. Remember that it's not that serious and you were meant to have fun while you're here. And if you're not having fun, then you have a choice right there in that moment to choose what to do to bring some fun into your life because that was the whole point. Yay, I love that. And I completely agree. I'm all for creating more fun, more playfulness, more adventure. And that's very much part of my free spiritedness but yes fun is the way well thank you so much for that beautiful deep conversation Janessa you've been a fantastic guest and I'm so grateful to you for spending so much of your time with me today um and with that said where is the best place for everyone to contact you well, there's a few places, but what I did for my own personal ease um, was made everything the same. So my company is actually called the Energy Hub, but it's not spelt energy. It's NRG dash hub. And the NRG is actually an acronym for neurological retrograde, which literally means like the art of forgetting what we thought we knew. And on Instagram and Facebook and my website, it is just the energy hub and my podcast is also called the energy hub podcast and that way if you can't find a link or you can't remember what it is just remember that nrg dash hub and so far i'm the only thing that actually pops up in any of them so sh you should be able to find me there and then of course my personal pages as well i'm janessa tallman t-a-l-m-a-n is my last name and i i honestly don't I don't really care where people find me. I'm I'm out there. So if you want to look for me, you can find me there. Great. And I'll I'll put your details in the show notes as well. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's amazing. I feel like we should have a <laughs> we should like focus on a different topic every week. But uh there we go. But thank you so much. And it's been an absolute pleasure. The pleasure was all mine. Thank you so much. I really look forward and hopeful that there's other opportunities in the future because I feel like we could talk forever and there they're absolutely very beneficial conversations. 100%. <laughs> Amazing. Oh, the lovely Janessa. She was an absolute dream guest. I love, love, love talking to her. And it also makes me feel a lot more uh, air quotes, normal <laughs> to hear that, you know, there's other people going through all these weird and wonderful experiences just like me. Thank you so much. If you managed to listen right to the end, then thank you very much. I realized this was a long episode today, but it really did have so much gold in it. And I hope that you enjoyed it and you found it useful and interesting. And if you would like to contact Janessa, 
All her details are in the show notes. If you would like to contact me, all my details are in the show notes also. And if you've been listening for a while or or maybe you just find that I'm really resonating with you and you're interested in working together, I am currently taking on new clients. I have space for two people only right now um, because I am quite busy at this moment in time. But if that sounds like you and you've got a little feeling inside of you, then let's just jump on a call, have a chat. And I would be honored to meet you and see how I can support you. If you are enjoying the Wellbeing Wanderer podcast, then please don't forget to hit that subscribe and follow button. And do leave me a review. If you leave five stars, it actually boosts the show up the charts. And it it means that I'm going to reach more people and then I can get bigger guests on and make it better for you guys as well. Um, And the best way to spread the news about the show is to share it with all your friends and family and colleagues and anybody that you think would benefit from listening to all these fabulous interviews and listening to the advice that I share on the solo episodes. Thank you to you for listening today. And as I say, sticking to the end of this really long episode. And it wouldn't be a proper episode unless I left you with my final message. So here we go. Understanding yourself is power. Loving yourself is freedom. Forgiving yourself is peace. Being yourself is bliss. Have the most incredible week, everyone, and I will see you soon.